Welcome to MentionCast. Today we're speaking to Reese. Reese is a first-time buyer because we want to discuss the issues that you're facing and the difficulties. So um, I want to ask you some questions, Reese, about what you've been experiencing so far. So you're living with your parents, yeah? Yep. How long have you been living? Well, how long have you been living with your parents? You've been there your whole life, right? Yes. So you want to move out? Yes. How old are you? Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. So, so you've you've been wanting to move out for a while? Yes, since I was probably twenty-four, twenty-five. Twenty-four, twenty-five. So, what stopped you? Do you got a partner? Yeah, you got yeah, a partner. Yeah. There's two of you, two wages. I think the main thing that's stopping us at the moment is deposit. Um, being able to save is difficult, obviously. Why? Because you're living at home. You should be able to save. Uh, it's, I think it's more the fact of the amount we think we'll need. Right. Um, and want to have to put down, sort of thing. So you've got two salaries coming in. Yep. You're both saving. Yeah. And uh, but you're still living at the same time, I guess. Yes. Yeah, because you're still young and you want to do all the things that you want to do, holidays, etc. So you, I mean, to save a decent deposit, you'd probably have to go down yeah. to barely living. Yes. But then I think where where Tilly is a well, she was a trainee nurse. She's now qualified, but at the time she wasn't on the best money. Yeah. So she she wasn't earning as much as she is now so now we're coming to the point where we'll be more at the time where we're going to be able to do it because yeah. we've got two good wages coming in rather than okay. one good and one that's not so good at the time what about at home though right so the main problem you've got is your deposit yeah. and um, obviously job mm-hmm. security mm-hmm. and then the next thing is are you paying to stay at home yes yeah, so I pay £250 a month which is kind of the going rate for the last 20 years yeah, I remember yeah, right? that's what yeah. I charged my daughter 20 years ago absolutely um, 20 years ago Go. Well, I'm not actually sure what Tilly pays, but I wouldn't think it was more than that. But then, I feel, like you say, I think that's I think that's pretty reasonable. No, I think that's fair yeah. because your parents are still like they can't carry for the rest of your life, oh, can they? And they're hoping that you get older, you start working, mm-hmm. and that you start paying towards or you move out. My mum's always said, if if you can find somewhere to live, get your washing and your food done for two hundred fifty pound pound a month, let me know and I'm moving with you. Right. So then, so that that's the issue that you've found. So and it's taken, and that's still today as well. Since yep. twenty four until today, you're twenty nine, five years. You guys have been saving, but you still haven't saved enough deposit. How do you know how much deposit you need? I've always just based it off of we want to have 10% and then as much as we can afford to put on top of that as well. Okay. But it's also obviously dependent on the the size of the profit we're going to be able to get. Yeah. What about this though? Because you live in the south, right? And the south is quite expensive. Exactly. So, I mean, my sister has moved out sort of 15, 20 minutes further towards the coast. So, who? Which is Yeah, I know who, yeah. And she's got um, probably... Well, she's got a three-bed house. Yeah. And for the same property round in, like, say, Grey's End, for instance, you're probably looking 40, 50 grand more. Makes sense, then, to move that a little bit further, but then it becomes difficult. What about commuting exactly, if you're working? Exactly. Where to? But then I think a lot of people are now doing that. A lot of people are moving out that way. Yeah. So the prices are now getting higher because everyone's doing the same thing. Yeah. Do you know what? I found that, and this is what I did a TikTok on once, was that how house prices seem to be levelling out because the prices in Gravesend were very similar to the prices over Sittingbourne or Margate and places Brighton. And, and they were like all really similar. I thought, this is interesting. And the reason for that is because so many people are being able to work from home. And a lot of people are moving out of London now, so... Yeah, moving out of London because they don't have to work, might have to commute maybe one day a week. Mm. Um, But obviously, some people, not everybody can do that Mm. because Tilly works as a nurse. So she has to be in a hospital. So she needs to be nearby. Exactly. So you you can, you're flexible with your working, but she can't. Yes, so that's the thing we said. We didn't want to move too far away to the point where it becomes counterproductive because eventually you're going to be 
the money you save, you're going to be spending in travel anyway. So This is one of the biggest things. I was talking to somebody the other day and I was saying that it's really unfair mm-hmm. that how you as a generation are getting priced out of the area that you've grown up in, mm-hmm. that all, everybody's established in, your aunties, your uncles, like me, my brothers and my sisters, we're all here. Our parents are here. Mm-hmm. Our aunties and uncles, like first generation, second generation, they're all here, mm-hmm. but the next generation can't afford it. Yeah, absolutely. So the only thing you can do is shift out to somewhere else and actually... <laughs> Because your incomes compared to like when I was doing mortgages years ago, you really only needed one income to be able to buy a house. And then the other income was like a bonus for you to live and do your thing with. Now you need both of those incomes to live and pay your bills. And most of the time, one of those incomes is covering the mortgage. And then the other one is going to your council tax and your utility bills and your food. So everything that you're earning is going towards the cost of your living. Um, And the only way for you to have a better lifestyle where you are only reliant on one wage, and that's really how it should be, because when there's two of you, if one of you goes down, the other one can support, Mm -hmm. Um, as in sickness, long-term sickness, at least one of them, the other one is still there and that income is sufficient. But if one of you goes down, you've now lost half the income for the house. Mm -hmm. So the only way of getting around that, obviously we know this, but is protection. So huge huge issue is the cost of living so you would need two salaries for you to not struggle mm. i think especially like so tilly's family for instance they've ended up um some of her, uh, her cousin actually and her cousin's husband they've moved to hereford because of the uh the property that they wanted they were set on a certain type of property they wanted because of the size of the family They've got two kids yeah um a third that they they want to have a third um and they wanted to move in their first home as their forever home they didn't want to move around and so they've actually moved up to hereford because they did have some family that were up there anyway right yeah because you want to have that around you because that's the whole purpose of like yeah. the, the the structures of yeah. family you don't want to isolate yourself somewhere where oh, you don't know so okay let's talk about this then in that um what about um what you have done so far as a first-time buyer to prepare yourself because you're telling me about house prices we're talking about all of that we're talking about cost of living you're talking about deposit and having 10 percent. but what did you do as a first-time buyer what did you do as your first step so i would say deposit is always the first thing that everyone thinks of i think personally because you, you, that's well you should think of in my opinion yeah but you're saving a deposit you don't even know if you can get a mortgage you don't even know how much money you can get that's that's the, that's a good point that a good yeah point. no you start doing you start doing your say you start saving that's the first thing anyway because it's important when you're earning um not to waste what you've earned and to put some aside and make sure you're doing saving is crucial irrelevant of you buying a house or not you need to save yeah. because money is what it serves you mm. If you were sick, say, for example, you were just renting or you're still living at parents, but you fall into some sort of difficulty. If you've got savings, you're fine. If you haven't, you, you're not. Mm-hmm. So first things first is, like from my experience, I will tell you, we've got to check your credit report. Yes. And check it thoroughly because there's three bureaus, Credit uh, Experian, Equifax, TransUnion. I think there's Credivor or Credivor or something as well that have turned up. Um, and you need to check your credit report and you need to see whether or not somebody has put something on there that you weren't aware of because that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So I like check my file for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next thing is getting this approval process and knowing how much money you can actually have mm-hmm. because you might be putting your feelers out for houses in the wrong area. Mm-hmm. So seeing a mortgage advisor, somebody that is totally independent because that person is going to look at all of the banks across the board as opposed to going to your bank. And that's a mistake. What did you do? How did you 
you you worked in a bank, didn't you? So, yeah. I mean, four years ago, what job were you doing? Uh, Five was, years ago? I was a personal banker. You are a personal banker. So, how did you know how much money you could have? You go to the mortgage advisor that works in your in your branch. You went to the branch advisor, but that branch advisor isn't going to give you whole market. Whole market. Yeah. So, even though you worked in a bank, you thought it was a first time buyer. The first step is go and speak to mortgage advisor. So, you went to somebody in the bank. If that bank person told you, sorry, you can't get a mortgage, mm-hmm. you would have believed that you can't get a mortgage and then you probably would have thought of a different direction completely yep. and gone and rented. When in fact, it's just a case you can't get a mortgage with them. Then, yeah. So, credit file, speak to an independent mortgage advisor who will have a look and see who will give you the absolute maximum amount of borrowing because I guess that's what you might need, particularly in this area. Yeah. Well, and then, then, then at least you know what you can, what your your yeah. your ceiling is. The ceiling, correct. That's it. That's, that's that's a good way of putting it. So knowing where your max is mm-hmm. and how much it's going to cost you, mm-hmm. and then where you want to pitch your lifestyle mm-hmm. in all of that. Exactly. So I think that's um, definitely a good start. And then getting a decision in principle is something that the estate agents are going to ask you for. Me as a mortgage advisor, if I look at your credit file and I look at your um, whole profile, I could tell you that we are going to pass a decision in principle. However, we still source the market, we find the best deal, we find the most, most the maximum amount of borrowing and we'll still do a, a decision in principle because it's, you know, you're it, you're you're halfway there when you've got something like that in your hands, mm-hmm. but also because there aren't enough houses. Mm-hmm. Have you found that? Yes, nowadays especially more and more um, obvious that you're you're fighting to get properties. There was two properties that went up for sale in Riverview, mm. um, Leander Drive, I believe it was, uh, and we did go to look at them. And one of the estate agents actually said to us that um, th- there's already been another put in to the property and it was well above the asking price so you're gonna you know you're struggling already yeah but you know what that was um a uh, seller's market Mm. but we're seeing a twist a turn in the market now so you've now got a buyer's market and i'm speaking to people and they're able to negotiate and first time buyers they want you Mm. the back in the day not back in the days it wasn't that long ago and i think we're heading that direction now so we went from the seller's market and now it's starting to creep towards the buyer's market and as a buyer you can negotiate you can chop and change houses you can bargain between two houses so not having because everything that's what's important to you is to get the price down mm, yeah. obviously the seller wants to get the price up but you first time buyer you don't want to have a higher value you want to bring that price down you want a lower mortgage you want a lower deposit and the way to do that is to negotiate and one of the things that I've seen as first-time buyers because you don't know what you're buying Mm. you haven't got a clue you go into a house and you go oh this is really nice and you don't look at things like what's the condition of the boiler Mm. what's the condition of the electrics because they're two huge expenses that you don't want when you go in yeah Yeah, it looks nice decor's done but it might be that they've just dressed it all up because they want to sell it and you don't know what hidden truths are actually lying beneath so I've actually got a story about that funny my friend who has just bought well I said just he bought in the summer in um, Grey's End and he's bought the property and in the last couple of weeks he's all of a sudden had mould started to show on his walls and it was when it was sold in the summer obviously that's not there so he's now 
come in and now he's going to be hit with probably like a four grand bill to reduce yep. all the mould and stuff that's on his walls. See, that was probably something the seller knew. Yeah. And the estate agent, having worked in estate agent, Reese, I can tell you that, that they just want to sell the house. Yeah. And the perfect person to sell it to is a first-time buyer. Yeah. Because the first-time buyers are totally green. They don't know what they're looking at. But who would have known that there was that problem? And sometimes it does pay to have the next level inspection because on a mortgage, the lenders will do their own valuation report based on the value of the house mm-hmm. and that it's structurally sound. But for things like that, that go a little bit, not as deep, they'll go deeper, but they're not a big expense. But they are, if you're a first time buyer, going into your house first time, need to furnish it, need to, um, you know, re- redecorate it, etc. There'll be money to be spent and um, more furnishing on their own costs. That's the next thing that you've got a budget for because yeah. you're going to buy a house, you're going to move in, you ain't got a bed. Yeah. You haven't got a sofa, you haven't got a telly, you haven't got a washing machine. Yeah. But I think especially, so with, um, go back to what you said about the lender's valuations, I won't name the lender, but my mum was recently purchasing a property and uh, that she's currently renting. She's okay. purchasing it from the, from the, the landlord. landlord. Yeah. And um, we had uh, the lender's valuation, valuers come around the other day to yeah. value the property. Yeah. And uh, the guy, I, said, I won't say the name, but the guy came in and my mum said, right, what is it you need? So do we need to get out of the way? Like, and he said, oh, he said, to be honest with you, it's a bit of a pointless exercise, but oh. five, 10 minutes and I'll be out of your way. And he literally walked in, took a couple of measurements of the rooms mm. and then left. So thanks very much and left. So so what they're doing when they send their surveyors around, obviously they know that, that, that they can see whether there's any structural issues. So they just want a visual on it. Mm. They also want to make sure that it's the right size and fa- you know so that that's why they're doing your measurements and stuff square footage of the house yeah. um, brick for brick is it worth the money that we're going to be investing as well because the bank's investing with you um, so they do that but when it comes to the other stuff that you've got to watch out for as a first time buyer are all those extra jobs that might come up so so always be careful when you're looking as a first time buyer to make sure that you do take a little extra you know have the, the home inspection yeah. or I'll tell you something else actually Reese, because you know people in the trades just take a build around with you. Yeah, yeah. They'll they'll spot stuff. They'll know what they're looking at. Obviously, that was very clever with that damp problem. Yeah, I mean, selling it in the summer because it's obviously not going to yeah. be there yeah. in, the, in the summertime. But yeah. they, they did say to him they thought it was because of like not venting the room and stuff properly. And but then they've spoken to the person. I think they was friends with the person that sold the property to them. Oh. And they they have since said to them, well, when you look to sell it, just make sure you make sure you sell it in the in the summer. Oh, because they know that it's an issue with the property itself. Exactly, yeah. Right, so re- re- just refreshing then. As a first-time buyer, first of all, get a copy of your credit file. Secondly, you need to get approved by a mortgage advisor and get a certificate in your hand. And then you go and work. Um, and, and actually, this is why this is something else really crucial, is not working with the mortgage advisor that is in the estate agents, because mm-hmm. that mortgage advisor there is working yeah. with the agent. And yeah. you can't prove it, but there is a conflict. So just don't, put, just don't expose yourself to that kind of conflict that mortgage advisor is going to be talking to the estate agent about the case and about the properties it's just too too cosy so independent mortgage advisor work with the estate agent separately um get a copy of the credit file get a decision in principle search don't buy a house with emotion right so we've talked about the stumbling blocks that you've got um, and being able to. So now you know how much money you can have. Now you know how much deposit you need to save. And now you know what area you're really going to be able to live in. If it's affordable, you'll stay 
within the surroundings where everybody else is. And if it's not affordable, then I guess you would have to move out of area. And what's your thoughts on that if you had to do that? The thought of moving out of area for us personally, I know myself, I'm quite a homey person. I love love being around my family and stuff. And I know Tilly's the same. So um, it would be be a case for us of if we couldn't afford anything in the area or within uh, close to, then it would be a case of waiting longer. And have you viewed many houses? We've been to a couple, but nothing major, if I'm honest. No? And I mean, what did you do when you found when you were contacting estate agents? What's the best thing to do? First thing they want to know is if you've got a decision in principle. Right. So you have to prep yourself up exactly. in that sense. So let's say you've got a decision in principle. Then what's the next hurdle that you're facing? Uh, well, like I say, I think it's the competing for the properties. Okay. Um, getting into to get a viewing. Yeah. Um, uh, Finding that with rental as well. Yeah. As sales. Yeah. So still the case of still struggling to get through your foot through. I mean, you're in the yeah. best position ever as a first time buyer, but you're still struggling. Yes. Tell me about this then as we close on this. What's your opinion then on getting like shared ownership? Um, I think personally for me, um, well, I say not for me, but I, I think it's a good good way to get onto the market. Would you the day. do it? I would. I don't know if Tilly would. But if you could buy whole, you would just choose to buy whole yeah. rather than bigger and buy half. Yeah, that would be that would be our personal, well, Till's personal preference and I suppose mine as well. But I do think it is a good step onto the ladder for people that um, are in that situation where it would work out and beneficial for them. So, and yeah. What about stamp duty relief? Do you think that's beneficial to you? I guess it is. Yeah, for a first-time buyer, absolutely. Yeah, and then you've got that as a first-time buyer and then you've also got, and where are you saving? Are you saving it in an ISA or are you the Lysas? We have got, so we did get the, we've both done our separate um, help to buy ISAs mm-hmm. but the you're sort of restricted I don't know what the ruling is with it now I know they've stopped them you can't do it anymore help unless you've buy, already done it yeah you can't because they, they just inject some money into it don't they but I don't know how that will work if they can't if they haven't got a help to buy scheme available but you're stuck at a maximum a maximum uh, purchase price oh, okay. there's a max purchase price yeah, I believe it's is... 250 in this area I believe I think it might be because London's like 450. Yeah, I think yeah, London's 450. Research that a bit better. But what about this whole, you know, they've got the lifetime ISA as well. So I suppose mm. if you're going to buy your own house and not get... Help to buy was a great scheme, don't mm. you think? Yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. glad it is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I was think a brilliant way of getting people in the door. They need back. to bring that back. Yeah, yeah. I think We're not hurt if they are. I know there's other schemes like mortgage guarantee scheme, um, first home scheme, mm-hmm. the equity loans, part ownership. One we missed out on was like during or just after COVID or coming to the end of COVID, they did the um, the big the bigger um, reduction in uh, price or uh, purchase price for uh, like heroes they was calling them, so like first time or well, first responders, things like that. All right, so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But that's stopped now. Have they stopped that yeah, as well? Stopped that. I mean, what are they going to do as a government? Well, they need the first time buyers at the bottom. I'm noticing lenders encouraging landlords Mm. i've actually noticed that they're bringing out new products and new schemes to encourage landlords because they know that as next year the 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 talk is and the forecast is that house prices are going to drop yeah i was going to say i've seen a few things about that how have you found that actually when looking well this is what i was going to say and i was going to ask you actually do you think that people are going to be more inclined to try and sell their properties quicker now um to get in before the, the drop? I think you're finding that there's more properties on the market because they think they're going to drop. So they want to liquidate the higher value. Um, but actually what's happening is the buyers are going. And this is where first-time buyers need to be smart, where they don't buy with emotions. They go in, they look at a house and they look at another and they and they have three. Mm. And they just play those prices to see which one of those is going to drop to the lowest. Yeah. 
Um, and that's the only way that it's going to work. Have you got any sort of in, like um, opinion on when you think rates are going to come down? I couldn't say because it's forecasting, isn't it, really? Yeah. But rates, when they come down, it's it's really, really hard to say because that's more economics, isn't it, rather than financial. Do you think it will coincide with, with with each other, though, like I was in the, the reduction? They won't, the we don't want the house prices to drop too much, of course. Yeah. However, um, they are going to come down because, as I was saying once before, that they were inflated because of that stamp duty rush. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we had two lock downs. So during those lockdowns, the market stopped. So when the market switched on again, there was like a stampede rush Mm -hmm. and that caused the prices to go up because it's market driven. Values are based on the market. The more buyers there are, the higher the value, the less buyers there are, the lower the value. So I think that they will come down in 2023 because that's what everyone is saying. Um, And who's to say whether they might start to stabilize out. But I think that 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 there was a I mean I couldn't quote accurately right now without checking but there was a good definitely a 10% rise in house prices mm, in yeah. 20 during that stamp rush and that that's going to come down mm. well it was really good speaking to you Reese. and is there anything else that you could give as your experience as a first time buyer just for us, for us to close on you at the now and the ed at the start when you said speaking to an independent broker yeah. someone that can give you whole market advice um, and someone that's impartial and it isn't um working with the estate agent so you know you've got complete clarity when you're looking to purchase I mean for me personally I've sort of got to the point now where it's like I want to move out I want to have my own place um, it, it's all dependent on each person's preference I suppose but yeah for, for me personally as, as soon don't as you think that's just to... a thing though everybody wants to have their own house because it's oh, yeah. a dream thing I want to have my own house I want my own kitchen I want this I want this I want this mm. you know and then you want to go out and go sofa shopping as a couple yeah. and all that but actually reality of life is that you can get by without all of that yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely you? yeah yeah, yeah, I, I do agree. You need, you need somewhere to crash to yeah, sleep. Yeah, 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 basically. Reality. But then you find that everyone nowadays has got, um, where it's coming to, well, for me personally, friends of my age group are all starting to move out, all starting to get their own places. So it does make you think, oh, But yeah. don't you think that's just a cycle of life that everybody's copying and doing? Well, yeah, absolutely. It is, because yeah, no, all you actually really need is a place to crash. Yeah, I do agree. For your, to keep your possessions. And the problem, that's what it is, to keep your possessions. Mm. And then we, as uh, the Western world, we have a desire for, possessions Mm. and then we need a house to put them in yeah Yeah, to store them all but actually you know when you look at other countries Mm. other worlds Mm. they they have like 10 of them living in one room yeah yeah, yeah. and they're all getting on fine they know their bits they just live to 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 their means yeah you know the bigger the house you buy the big the more bits you need to fill it yeah the smaller the house you buy the less stuff you need and then you get more money in your pocket and you're out living your life I'd like to do a little bit of travelling, so whether or not that would be able to be fixed into Well, this mix. is it. I think this is what you've got to think about when you're choosing a property, that you just need one that is going to be for you to live yourself. And, you know, it's just like people have children and they think that they need to have a nursery. Now they need to have a playroom. They need to have this. They need to have that. That's 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 a desire. It's yeah. not a need. Yeah, yeah. So when you're choosing a house, I think that's take worth into, take taking into consideration. consideration. Don't yeah. buy a bigger house because you think you're going to expand and you're going to do this and you can do that. You can live, you can live within your space if you try to. Yeah, I mean, I feel like me and Till, me and Till could, if we waited a bit longer and saved it more, we could get a bigger house or we could probably do it now, but then I don't want to get to the point where we're stretching ourselves too thin. I'd rather have an adequate house. Nice. Obviously you want to buy somewhere that's nice and you don't want to rush into it, but I'd rather have a place. I had my first child and that child slept in my room till the age of two, three. Yeah. But these days, it's like, oh, you should have a nursery, but the baby's own cot, baby in its own room, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
go back to the old days and it's a completely different story, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, so good to speak to you, Reese. Thank you, you for that. And I thank think you if there's anything me. else, we'll be speaking to you again on Absolutely. the next stage of your journey, yes. hopefully when you buy somewhere. Thank you for having me. That's right. It. You're welcome.